With the coronavirus pandemic affecting salaries and jobs across the globe, it's very important that residents in the UAE stay on top of their finances and in turn, their credit score. The Central Bank of the UAE has issued a 256 billion targeted economic support scheme to help lenders handle problem debts during the crisis, with many residents receiving payment holidays on credit facilities such as loans and mortgages. Now, as the economy starts to open up, those who have lost their job or who are struggling may need to rein in their spending, particularly if they are burdened with debts they cannot repay. The first step towards resolving any debt challenge is to get a copy of your credit report and find out what your credit score actually is from the Al Etihad Credit Bureau. Set up in November 2014, the Bureau brings transparency to the lending industry by assembling a credit record of the nation's financially active residents. It does this by harvesting credit data, including loan, mortgage, credit card, phone bill payments, and more. AECB later launched credit scores for individuals, a three-digit number between 300 and 900 that represents a borrower's credit worthiness. So why is this number important for borrowers to know, particularly in the current climate? How do you find out what it is? And how can you improve your score? Welcome to Pocketful of Dirhams. I'm Alice Hayne, the Personal Finance Editor for National, and joining me today is Marwan Lutfi, the Chief Executive of Al Etihad Credit Bureau, who will tell us everything we need to know about credit scores and credit reports in the UAE. Welcome to the show, Marwan. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I hope I can tell you everything about credit scores and reports in such a short time, but it's it's something that people need to build over time, and it's not something that you can just change uh, all of a sudden. So it's a three-digit number, and what what do you actually assess to come up with that number? So it's not something that is a human being that is manually inputting it. It's really based on, on market data, and we take into consideration things like uh, the past due amount, uh, number of credit cards, utilization on credit limits, uh, for example, any negative uh, status on these contracts, uh, you know, missed payments, uh, how how late you are in these payments, uh, if you are actually uh, defaulted in any single payment. Uh, and, 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 and this data can come from multiple sources. The main source is definitely banks right now, but this uh, actually, you see telecoms right now are part of the information database that we have. Uh, and, and soon uh, the core data will be there and other uh, parts where, where any sort of payment obligation is actually necessary. So all of these actually are taken into consideration. Uh, when it comes to calculating a credit score so that we can give a very objective uh, analysis on how likely someone is to miss a payment based on market trends and behavior. So you said that court data is now also assessed. And and what about things like school fees and uh, tenancy contracts and and salaries? Are those also factored in? At this stage, uh, salaries are not factored in because uh, uh, we're at the last uh, point of really uh, completing a a mega project that we're working on uh, under the direction of the Central Bank of the UAE and the banks where we're collecting uh, salary information on on all salary, uh, basically, accounts in the UAE. I think this this project has been going on for almost two years, and as, as as we feel the data is complete, then absolutely this is something that we will factor in. But with the courts, for example, we've been working with the four main courts in the UAE, the uh, jurisdictional courts. We have Abu Dhabi, Dubai, and Ras Al Khaimah, and also the uh, federal uh, courts. Well, so that we can see how we can capture any form of payment obligations as judgment that has been placed against individuals or companies uh, as a part of a payment obligation into that, because in many of these court cases also uh, 
uh, you'll have regular payments. You know, sometimes they're settlements, sometimes they're, uh, you know, one-off payments that are due in a certain period of time. So several different aspects. So what does the actual score mean? If you've got a score of 300 or if you've got a score of, let's say, 899, what, what should you take from that? Well, if you have a 300, then you're technically a defaulter. I think that's the easiest thing to uh, to mark. And a defaulter means you, you've actually defaulted on a payment, which means you're 90 days past you or you've had... Uh, uh, at least, uh, for example, we have certain criteria. We agree with the with the central bank, but I think at least four uh, bounce checks uh, in, uh, in in less than a year, then that's technically becomes a defaulter. So again, there's a correlation between the number of bounce checks you have and the likelihood of you uh, missing payments uh, as well. So that's the easiest part. I think will be on the 300. And then as you uh, scale up, our credit score works on a, what we call a 30 point uh, risk scale, which means every 30 points you're actually at a different level. Uh, of uh, of risk and 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 by that you if you really hit the 899 then generally speaking your your uh, your uh, you your i would say uh, components that actually come into the factoring your credit score actually all fit in the right place and by fitting in the right place of course there's no you know winning formula or we can tell you exactly what to be doing because that will fluctuate over time but i think there are very key components that we always keep in mind that we also promote ourselves uh, the the first thing is really is how can you uh, how make make sure that you make your payments on time so when something says this is the due date is x then make sure you pay it on that uh, date don't wait or delay it for one or two months because that will affect the credit score and then the same thing is really the number of credit facilities the number of utilization of your credit card limits these are things that generally we say the less number of facilities you have, the better your credit score. And again, uh, again, the, the the less utilization of your credit limits on credit cards will actually also uh, help into increasing your credit score. What kind of level should you be aiming your school to be at? I think, again, if we look at where uh, our break point is, we, we normally uh, use 720 as a as as a good uh, as a good score and that's a four star as we as you can see it in our in our uh, credit score sort of logo and how it appears uh, the why we're saying this is because generally we're looking at uh, how uh, what does a credit score mean it sometimes it it's it means different things for different entities so an entity could be very highly risk averse an entity, another entity will have maybe a, at a certain point of time when things are going very well in their favor, they'll have a more of a risk appetite, which means at 720, if we take this as an example, so you you will you will be good at one uh, at one bank, which means uh, that they will give you X uh, kind of uh, sort of benefits and facilities, and maybe at that time another bank, uh, the 720 will be a perfect score for them. And in, again, in another time where banks are a little bit more uh, basically wary and, and controlling their credit and practices, then they will probably lift that level all the way to uh, to maybe 780. And all of a sudden, 720 will not give you these benefits. So it is a fluid uh, credit score. It's very dynamic. It gives you the ability to actually at that point of time to know exactly what, uh, what can other banks uh, offer or any other uh, companies that are utilizing it on how to provide you facilities as well against your score. So as you said, you can aim to be always, we say, around the four-star range. That's generally good. But we've seen uh, we've seen uh, people with, with three-star ratings in the 600 range that, that get exactly what they want and they're still very good uh, payment behavior. And that, as I said, is really left for interpretation. A, a big misconception is always that, you know, Al-Ittihad Credit Bureau gave me a credit score of X 
and and all that's the reason why a, a bank rejected my application for example for a credit facility uh, and that is really not true uh, it is very important to know that it's probably at that given time that bank has set the policy to say you know anyone who's below a certain threshold uh, we will not pre- be pre-approving or will not uh, entertain at this time so so this is a, this is a very important uh, change so depending on who's using it really your credit score can be good anywhere between the 3 to 4 star to 3 to 5 star range so how many banks actually have your system fully integrated into their lending strategy i.e. they base their lending decisions on your data for individuals we'd say easily above 95% uh, i mean I, w- I don't want to say 100% uh, just not to be uh, basically inaccurate but uh, i i can say that every single uh, application that is actually going through uh, a check uh, is not necessarily maybe checked through a credit score almost 19 above 99% is actually checked through a credit report which means a credit report of course has more details that the banks will will utilize credit scores as i said you'll see being used a lot in the pre approvals you see several entities that now give you pre approvals uh, on the spot uh, generally these are system integrations that are immediately linked with uh, with a lot of uh, details that we provide the banks through the credit report or credit score to shoot out uh, a pre approval status on the spot so really, it's not just about making sure that you pay your credit card or your loan or your mortgage on time. You've got to make sure you're also paying your utility bills, your phone bills, and possibly further down the line, your school fees and your tenancy contract. You've really got to be on top of your finances. Yeah, I mean, with, with school fees, I would say it's slightly a little bit uh, sort of sensitive because it, it has multiple different factors that, that come into play. Uh, and generally, it's not guaranteed against also checks. A lot of these schools normally take, uh, you know, payments on the spot, on the due date. So not, not everything is done through a post-dated check. Uh, but with rents, most likely, uh, they're actually post-dated checks. And, and that's why, you know, Fab Properties was the first entity that actually uh, subscribe to ACB services so that they can actually utilize uh, the credit report and credit score to actually provide uh, a lot of uh, support. We always look at the information we provide to give you a chance to actually uh, to to be to uh, to help and gain in your in your basic day to day requirements. And 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 many places sometimes people will think a credit bureau is a negative. Uh, uh, entity that might only be involved in, in your own rejections or not or really making your life miserable some some way or another. But in reality, what we've seen, uh, several real estate companies, uh, as I said, mentioned Fab Properties was one of the largest ones in, the, in Abu Dhabi. As a consumer, as somebody who, who wants to possibly move into a new property or take on a new uh, financial product, the better your past financial behavior, the more likely are that you're going to be approved and, and get what it is that you want. If you look at the way uh, mature markets work, uh, you'll know that generally for even leasing any property as an individual, it's almost a prerequisite that they will ask for a credit score. Wherever you come and you look at any of the mature European markets, it's just uh, one of the prerequisites that when you're applying, you're actually looking for, for a credit score. Uh, but but I think for us, what we're trying to actually do is really see if we can even simplify it to the individuals because the credit score is said look it's not an easy thing to understand you know when you look at the number from 300 to 900 it's very difficult for you to understand as you said what is uh, what is a good number what is a so so we're actually in the process of actually simplifying something for the real estate industry uh, as well where hopefully we call, we 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 see something that will give you just a, you know a five scale a five point scale rating so a, a very high to very low kind of risk and that will actually be able to guide even an individual if i'm going to rent a property i can check my 
my score specifically or my landlord can check my score and will give him a very immediate indication of how likely that person is actually to miss a rental payment. Uh, I think this is our duty sometimes to see how we can create different variations of the credit score using, of course, the same data and modeling behind it, but actually to make it a little bit simpler for, uh, for, uh, for the individuals to be using. And we, we've talked a lot about the score, but it's not just about the credit score. It's also about the report, isn't it? Because that report gives a whole, you know, I, I've downloaded my report. I feel a, a, as a personal finance editor, it's my duty to do it. And and it's quite interesting. It tells you, it's got, it literally details every single credit you might have ever taken and every single positive or misdemeanor along the way. But what information does it give somebody that downloads that report? I think the report is extremely uh, important because it's it's really your financial profile, uh, and 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 this is what uh, what anyone who's going to extend you any sort of service that you have a future payment obligation against will naturally and eventually over time be accessing, uh, because uh, it's uh, this is also a reflection of of your data that is sitting there. It might be sometimes that banks might have you know uh, mis uh, mis 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 uh, misspelled your name or maybe your date of birth is incorrect or your emirates id is not updated properly or uh, have knowing that information is extremely important because this information does not come from us we are simply an aggregator of this information we're linked uh, and we receive this information and updates on a daily basis from all of our 75 financial institutions and the other 22 non fi uh, of those who are actually, I think about 25% of them submit data to us uh, from the non-FI community. So all of this data sits there, but it's your duty as an individual to understand, is that, is my data correct? Or is it sitting with one bank in a different uh, sort of name or a different uh, uh, sort of uh, details and the other bank has different details on me? And I think this is very important because it also helps you to understand whether your profile is complete. It helps you hopefully, uh, you know, to understand if, uh, if your data is correct and, and no one uh, is, is able to use this information in case, you know, any fraudulent activities are going to take place. Uh, or someone is trying to manip- uh, sort of uh, you know use your identity for any other uh, purpose. And how often should you check your credit report? Because I mean, it can change. So how often should you check it? Well, it, it changes on a daily basis. When we launched the credit bureau, uh, we we had what we call a monthly submission uh, cycle, uh, and uh, but. To, just over two years ago, we changed that to a daily submission cycle, which means it uh, it can literally change every 24 to 48 hours, depending on the upload times. Uh, and this is very important because we wanted to make sure that your report is also updated. So not only uh, in case of, of negative information, it's also for positive information. If you're, if you're closing a loan, uh, for example, you know, a mortgage and that's uh, clear and you're opting for something else, then the bank should be uh, reflecting that change immediately so it doesn't uh, show or stay within that 30 or 45 month uh, update cycle. So that is extremely important. Now, we generally say that I think it's, it's for those who are very active, uh, of course, they will need to uh, check it more regularly. I would say normally on a on a, on a quarterly basis. Uh, if if someone's really very active, it means they'll apply for facilities and they you know they'll they'll make certain bulk payments and then they'll close facilities and then reopen facilities. But if you're if you're generally a, a, a person who has your 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 basic uh, sort of credit facilities in place, then uh, at least a once a year check is very important just to make sure that. Banks are not misreporting only, uh, also because 
misreporting in many cases have been, again, we see it from our customer experience uh, center visitors. I mean, sometimes even bank tellers and people uh, sitting on the counters misinform uh, individuals where they say, oh, well, you know, Al-Tahad Credit Bureau has, uh, has incorrectly uploaded this data. Uh, it's very difficult for us to also make sure that every single person uh, eventually understands in the, in, the, uh, in the banks as well of how the, the data works. But as I said, the data is really a reflection of what's in the bank systems. So if the data is reported incorrectly, it's because sometimes it's not, again, a deliberate thing from a human being. It's actually systems. You, know, you have systems talking to systems. And if it's not updated in one system and it's reflected uh, in the system that feeds into us, then all of a sudden you will have uh, some of your information that is not updated. So so as soon as you close a, a, a credit card or you close a facility or you opt for a new facility, it's always a good thing to actually check just to make sure that your, uh, your, your financial sort of profile and that credit report is actually intact uh, and the information is accurate, just so that it doesn't stop you from, you know, when when you're in need and you want to apply for a credit card or a, or a housing facility or any other facility, you, it doesn't come back and, and, and haunt you. Because this is what we see. People coming in and saying, I've tried to apply for a facility and I've got rejected. And the bank said, well, you have a default. And all of a sudden, some someone says, but I don't have a default. And, and you get through the data correction process and then you realize that, yes, it's a it's an error in reporting and that, uh, you know, we've provided banks with the tools that they can uh, make and amend uh, these uh, in, in real time, which means you bank realizes it's a system error and that's it. And it's, and it's, uh, uh, and it's changed on the spot. But as you said, if you, if you leave it out for a long time, it's almost like, uh, you know, not updating your Emirates ID details. And it's, 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 it's going to be a lifeline that you need. And you've told me in the past that you've never had a data correction request that has been left unresolved. Is that still the case? So if somebody does, if they do download their report and they notice something's wrong and it's it's incorrectly saying that, a, a, let's say, a loan, for example, is still live when they've actually paid it off, they can apply through your system and it, and it corrects it very quickly, if it is wrong, of course. <laughs> yeah, I think, look, it's uh, at least until today, we have not had a single dispute. Uh, and then we've had over, uh, you know, tens of thousands of corrections uh, been requested. Uh, however, it is the 100% the duty of the data provider to ensure that data accuracy uh, is actually submitted properly. So, so we know that the onus is on the data provider. How do people actually check what their score and report is? I mean, in days gone by, you used to have to visit one of your bureau offices. That's how I got my report. But now you can just do it through your app. We launched uh, the uh, the app, the application, the, the first version of our application two years ago. Now, what happened after we launched the application within two months, our business has flipped where 80% of all of the reports issued were actually issued through our uh, mobile app application and digital channels roughly, so mobile app and website uh, specifically, which was a significant you know, uptake within two months. However, where we are right now, uh, with uh, the you know the lockdown that we've seen recently, it just has simply shot up the roof, right? Where you're saying uh, now all of a sudden there is no need because people in the past still were more comfortable, you know, visiting a center. And I think maybe that's all traditional way of how normally you would you would uh, transact. But this lockdown and that this COVID nineteen crisis, as we're seeing it, has helped several different entities and even individuals to look at things differently. Where you're almost forced to do things in a virtual environment. You don't need to interact with someone. Uh, and, 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 and luckily for us, we planned our, 
our major app upgrade uh, which which uh, which was planned for uh, for end of april and i think we launched it on the 1st of may specifically and it came at the right time uh, so we're seeing uh, you know a huge uptake on individuals accessing their credit reports and credit scores through our newly revamped app which really makes the process much simpler as well in terms of registration and, and accessing these reports so so it's, it's fairly easy and this is something we try to educate even the visitors. Uh, if you want to see someone, you want to understand more, of course, you're always welcome at our offices uh, at any time. But if you're really there just to access the report, uh, then, then there's no need to just download the app or visit our website and, and you know go through the registration details and you'll get the relevant OTPs or questions. And that's it. You just sign up and uh, you purchase your report and you get it via email in, in a matter of minutes. Have you checked your credit score recently? Send us your stories and questions to pf at thenational.ae and remember that PF stands for personal finance. Which brings me on to a question from a listener. This is from MS who has doesn't want to specify which emirate he lives in, but he lives in the UAE. And he said, at the start of this year, I owed 232000 on a personal loan and credit card. I had also closed two other credit cards on which I owed 88000 Plus, I pay the personal loan installment on time every month. However, my Al Etihad Credit Bureau score has not been updated. It was 586 at the start of the year, and it is the same even after closing the two cards and paying on time. It has not changed or improved by one point. Can AECB explain why this is and what I need to do to improve my score? Uh, of course, anyone who has any questions around the score and why hasn't it moved would be more than happy to actually address uh, separately. Because as I said, there are several factors. And when I said 2,000 attributes, I wasn't joking, right? I mean, maybe you can shortlist them down to 200. Uh, uh, but but in reality, there are several factors. That so so what some of the things that you you mentioned were there, but no mention of any bounce checks. So we don't know whether uh, this person has had any bounce checks uh, specifically. We don't know whether this person uh, is actually maximizing their, their credit limits utilizations. So, so some of these obvious things that we always communicate because that generally is, is, is very good financial behavior and best practice. But, but in reality, there are several things that go into this. What we are planning to do over uh, hopefully this summer as well, we're planning to, uh, to really upgrade our uh, frequently asked questions on our website. You know, we're, we, we do have several different, uh, I mean, hundreds of questions that are really landed uh, with us over the past few years. So what you'll see is you'll see a lot of these uh, questions answered, especially on even uh, a credit course, uh, score section where you're, you'll get a little bit more details on what really impacts it and how does it work. Because as you said, people are getting to know the credit score right now. And I think right now is the right time to actually start explaining more. So hopefully if that uh, addresses it, uh, if it doesn't address it, then uh, then we're always open to actually even guide you through some of these things that might you that might affect your credit score. So MS could come in to, you know, come in and have a chat to you and find out more about what other factors are affecting his credit score and why it's not shifting from 586. Absolutely. I mean, he can write, uh, he can call through, uh, I mean, us uh, directly and then just leave it and someone will call him back or he can always come and uh, visit. And, and especially when these things are generally a little bit more uh, educational, we always encourage people to actually come. So at least they have a one-to-one uh, sort of guidance with our customer experience officers. So at least we can walk them through and, and make them understand the report a little bit more. Although we do have descriptive videos uh, online of, of what it is and what it contains, but we'll, we'll always add more value as well face-to-face. And now, obviously, in the current circumstances with the stimulus package that was rolled out by the central bank, 
Lots of people have received two-month payment holidays on loans or mortgages, for example. Would that affect their credit score, taking that payment holiday? Uh, we actually have been monitoring this uh, since the stimulus package is announced. Uh, and, and the good thing is we have not seen any abnormal trends uh, appearing from, from this activity. And what we're liaising with the UAE Banks Federation on this. Uh, and what we understand is that the reporting is simply uh, not reported as any missed payments. It's actually the, the, the due dates are actually changing uh, over time. So there's been no issues in reporting. Uh, the only issue would be, I would say, which is really more of an accounting issue at this stage, which is with, uh, with on, on how IFRS 9 uh, basically will apply. And these are things that we're discussing with the banks and whether we can actually support during our reporting and, and usage for the banks. And if somebody wants to take on more credit at a time like this to perhaps alleviate their financial circumstances, how can their score help or hinder them? I mean, the eligibility of, of someone getting a loan is really, again, depending on the bank. But uh, a major factor of that is really the the income versus, uh, you know, that sort of uh, monthly DBR, uh, which is really... The debt burden ratio. Exactly. Whether someone can actually afford whatever new facility they're going. But that's the basic sort of rule of thumb. Uh, but as you said, I mean, each bank will have its own eligibility criteria. And with the new insolvency law, which went live in January, how does that tie in with the credit score? If somebody wants to go down the insolvency route and, and apply to the courts to, to be declared insolvent and then come up with a repayment plan, how does that affect their credit score? I think it's too early to say, and that's the reason why we've, we started discussions with, with the courts uh, almost three years ago. And because of some of the uh, limitations where, you know, course data is also in Arabic, uh, not most of the time in English, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 also the identification of records were at least making sure that the Emirates ID are actually available uh, in the courts, so at least we can improve our matching systems. It's a very long process that we've been working on with courts. But I think it's too early because it's one of these things that we have. Currently, I would say we're looking at more uh, injunctions, so anything that actually uh, has a court order to say that you have uh, you know, a commitment, which is a final, uh, a final commitment or, uh, or a final court uh, judgment uh, that uh, requires an individual or a company to make uh, certain payments on time. These are the things that we'll capture. But we are in discussions to discuss how, because insolvency, yes, hasn't come into effect. So I think we need at least one year to see what sort of judgments uh, do we get in place, how does it form, and hopefully see if we need to modify uh, some of, uh, uh, of the ways of how we take this data and, and embed it accordingly from the courts. So finally, if someone is looking to improve their score, what are the top three tips that you can give them? From what you keep saying, I think the number one has to be pay, make your payments on time. But what, what would you say are the top three tips to ensure that you've got the best score that you can possibly get? Uh, payment is a behavioral thing. So which means when I stress again, make your payments on time, it means make it on time. You know, there's a reason why there's a due date uh, set in almost any invoice you receive. It's just because it's a, it's a cycle, right? So whomever is giving you that service is also has a duty to make sure that they're getting paid for it. So pay, making payments on time is the most important thing. The second thing uh, I would say is actually the number of facilities. And as you said, uh, I recall um, uh, you know, several different instances where, where some people have come in and said, well, you know what? I just realized after the credit bureau, I had five, six credit cards lying in my, uh, in my wallet. And anytime I would get a credit card, I'll jump on it because uh, I'll say, oh, fantastic. I'll, you know, I have a limit of, uh, of X and I'll, uh, I'll keep it on with me whenever I need 
uh, you know, immediate access to certain funds. But in reality, you know, even credit card debt is much more expensive than than uh, personal loans. So, so all of a sudden, they realize that when you have six, seven credit cards sitting there, you're actually taking up from your pipeline. Because if you're if you're a salaried employee and you have, uh, you know, a certain rules and regulations that the central bank apply, you know, the number of multiples of salary that you can take as a personal loan, uh, the DBR limits, etc. You're technically you have a virtual pipeline. So, which means this is exactly what my why my credit pipeline looks like. So, if I keep stacking these uh, these credit cards with all of these limits, you're just eating up from your pipeline. So, if you fill your fifty percent of the pipeline, then you'll only be be able to avail of fifty percent of your remaining pipeline in forms of facilities that might be even more economic for you as an individual. So, I think it's very important to look at the number of facilities uh, that you currently have, including the number of credit cards, and looking at limiting them if you don't really require them because it'll give you more bandwidth uh, to apply for uh, credit facilities in the future. Uh, and the third thing is really utilization. So so again, try to look at, uh, you know, not maximizing uh, utilization on especially your credit card limits. Uh, and I think because that normally would lead into possible missed payments, uh, into possible defaults and everything. And as long as you maintain uh, a lower to mid-level utilization, that will also help. Thank you very much for joining us. That has been valuable advice, which I hope lots of our listeners will tune into and learn from. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you this week to Marwan Lutfi. If you have a question you would like to ask us, send it to pf at thenational.ae. And remember, that's PF for personal finance. Please do subscribe to the podcast in your podcasting app to receive weekly updates. And also leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison. I've been your host, Alice Haynes.